This is the CrossFit 845 Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dave, Kevin, and Turbo. All right, episode 25. It's CrossFit 845 Podcast. We're a quarter of a century old. That's what I was just going to say. 25, man. It goes quick. Can we get our car insurance discount now? We can. Yeah, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I did when I turned 25. I was like wasting a bar and I got called Geico and I was wasted. I mean, I'm like, you fuckers been taking my money for way too long. Where's my discount? (laughs) They hung up on me. And uh, we have a guest this week. His name is Danny Casey. Hey, everybody. How are you? Nice to be on air. You sound great. That is a good voice. (laughs) (laughs) You got to get close and you got to speak low. And then it's nice and sultry. Everyone just turn their volume right up. Yeah. (laughs) Who's this? They're getting comfortable now. It's a sex talk show. Sit down down and relax. Danny Casey, thanks for coming, man. How are you today? Dude, I'm great. Thank you for having me. Appreciate being up here. Yeah, how about you? This is not your first podcast, as you're saying. No, it is not. This is my, uh, I guess, first or second and a half podcast, if you will. Nice. Second and a half. Second and a half. uh, Do explain. Well, the first one was a podcast, so that counts as one. But then the half (laughs) was uh, one that I was doing with, uh, as I told you guys earlier, with one of my lifters. Uh, my own, so we get a couple trailers, couple teasers on it, and just working oh, that nice. out. So not official yet, but it's, like it's it. in the works. So what happened? Did you actually record the episode and then just didn't publish it yet? Yes, that's exactly that's it. it. So we oh, so two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. I agree. So we got some content for it. So we just got to piece some couple things together and then put it out. And, and how was it? Go. It's fun. It's yeah. fun. Yeah, it's it. it We have a few different ways that we're going to go about discussing the content that we want to between lifting, some philosophy on things. You and I, obviously, we'd get along real well on that, so I have to have you on. But uh, it's enjoyable because trying to put different segments into it to make things move quickly, but at the same time be pretty interesting and keep people uh, intact. That's awesome. That's the hard part about a podcast because you want to talk about a whole bunch of different topics, but when you get into a certain topic, people get into it, and then all of a sudden when you segue into something else, they're like, oh, no, keep going, keep going. And that's like the premise that we have behind it is this. Like weightlifting is really specific. The way you have to approach certain things, the mental aspect of it all, it it, it transcends outside of even just – uh, just let's say training and exercise but also goes into other aspects of life so there's oh, yeah. a lot of philosophy involved on it in terms of individualism mm-hmm. and uh, just how you have to approach things for yourself and how you approach things with others so that's, that's what we're going to try to incorporate so yeah that's oh, what they awesome. was saying too yeah mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a ton of that so if we can try to bridge the gap i think it would go pretty it actually help people give a different understanding of how weightlifting actually is and a you know, way they can apply that in terms of benefiting their life. It's kind of like a martial art in that sort of aspect. It's a great right. way to put it. Exactly. Yeah. 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 It's great. It's going to be exciting. So Turbo doesn't know yeah. Danny, so Dan- uh, Not, Turbo's going to ask I, the questions. I mean, I heard your name thrown around probably a couple of years ago by Samantha... How do you pronounce your last name? She used to come here. Ms. Mucci? Musumechi. Oh, Ms. Mucci. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was Mas struggling. Mucci. I still struggle Mucci. with the overhead squat and snatch. Mm-hmm. She's like, call this guy. Yeah. Sorry, I never called you. Oh, but, you know. we're, here, we're here now, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how but, uh, things come full circle. Right? <laughs> yeah, give me the. How do you get. Like, what was your. Who are you? Yeah, who the hell are you? You were obviously. Were you an athlete in high school, college? What led you up to weightlifting? Well, it, age, to sex, location. Go. Where you're at now. <laughs> yes, what's his. Uh, it's the messenger. <laughs> <laughs> Blue eyes, 21. Um, <laughs> Well, start off, I run the New York Weightlifting Academy, so it's all Olympic lifting and strength training. And I got into that, like, when, I mean, Dave and I actually went to high school together, for those of you who don't know. Uh, really? Yeah. Call my rim, stand yeah. up. Wow. Absolutely, baby. So you know the Shepherd Lee's too? 
the Shepherdleys, who did your grade or were they? Wait, one of them was older. One of them was, was, was the two only younger. Carmel people I know. Really? That, that, I don't know. That name doesn't sound familiar. Maybe if I All saw right. him, I'm not sure. But go on. But anyway, was uh, always involved in just like working out and such. Played football one year. I uh, was big in racing motocross. And then later on, as I got into college and such, was into jujitsu, wrestling, but always still weight trained throughout. And then uh, just kind of led into it to where I somehow stumbled across the Olympic lifts and then figured, you know what, I'll find a coach and check this out. It was pretty cool. So I ended up coming to across this one guy. He started training me for, uh, for a little bit. Who was it? Can you name him? His name, Harold Gilchinski was his name. So I mean, he's, it turned out to be someone my uncle knew. He's an older gentleman. He had a gym in Mayapak in, I think, like the 80s. Or so, kind of like a like a bodybuilding, powerlifting type gym back then. But trained with him for a little bit, and then I met my current coach at a competition, uh, Mark Chasnov, and I've been training with him probably about seven, eight years now. And for those who don't know Mark, he's been he's he's done it all. He's coached someone to the Olympics. He's coached national wow. champions. So it's a pretty stellar pedigree to be able to train under the guy. So with that time, just been with him ever since. I haven't looked back. Been that's awesome. Um, yeah, training Where'd you go to college. I went to Pace and Mercy. Yeah, okay. Local. What did you study down there? Education, believe it or not. Yeah? Yeah. So. What were you thinking? Like maybe physical education teacher? No, or history. Or oh, history. Studies. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I started, because when I went, first went to school, I was like, I don't know what I want to do. Was, like everybody. Everyone yeah, goes it, to be a teacher at first. Like, yeah, exactly. Yo, summer's off. Let's do this. Well, what happened was, <laughs> no, I, I started. To, I just started taking classes that I liked. Math was always a sticking point. So I was like, oh, I, I, guess, I guess I can't be an engineer because I need all this <laughs> math and I'm terrible at it. But, <laughs> So I just took all classes that I liked, and I came to a point where I had to declare a major. And I was like, uh, I guess I'll just go this route. So the counselors talked me into it and everything and just went to, uh, all right, I guess I'll do education. Subbed in a school, worked in a school for a while. And so like, you did work after college? Yeah, I did. Like, and then you just kind of – so weightlifting was on the back burner almost. So it was as a hobby. Essentially, yes. And then during summers, I'd work with people, train people, do seminars and such. And then I just kept going with it. And then I had a leave replacement one year. And then come summer, there was nothing else going on. So uh, just kept training, working with people and haven't looked back since. And, and I, I tell you, I would never go back. How yeah. how did you become so good at weightlifting? Did You must... You must have sucked to begin with, right? Oh yeah, everybody. I still do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm, st- I'm still uh, aggressively average, but it's just—it's it, one of those things where just just over time. I mean, anything that you do, especially like I've been very fortunate to have great guidance. So with my coach working me over, working with me over that period of time, that really has, I guess, helped me achieve what I have. But I mean, for lack of natural ability, it's just it's just putting the effort and the work in. But ultimately, just consistency. When did you feel confident enough to coach people? That's a good question. Uh, I would say... I told you, I'd never think of a question like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, What's I, your dog's name? <laughs> <laughs> Spot. <laughs> I'm 5'6". Um, like, well, I started coaching people probably before I was confident enough to coach people, but did it anyway, did it to the best of my ability, what I knew, and then it's got to the point where... I'd say yeah, a good number of years in, maybe four or five years into where now, like if I do a seminar or, or, or work with someone new, there's just, it's automatic. Go into yeah. it. I feel comfortable doing it and there's no hesitation on it. Yeah, so there's a lot almost of points that where confidence you have to build a little it, over time and confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly it. And let's say within that time, I've raised people, raised lifters to compete at every national event. So it's not like even I've had someone come from like another coach or, or who has already had talent. It was someone who came from nothing and I able was able to get yeah. them to the event i mean they didn't win or anything but 
to take someone from zero and bring them to one, that's a yeah. good starting point. So now having that in my back pocket, having done a lot with myself to improve myself, that's where the confidence comes from. So when you could actually manifest tangible achievements, that's where, I guess that's where the ultimate confidence comes from. So, so. do you find yourself wanting to be coached by others as well? Do you, cause I, as a coach, there are certain lifts that I can break down myself. Mm-hmm. I know what I did wrong. I know what I'm doing. Certain lifts, I need someone else to watch me. Yeah, well, every time I train three days a week. So every time I train with my training partners, and we're always under my coach. So unless some, like, for whatever reason he can't make it, we're always there. He's always watching me. And it's, it's like, I'll need him for that. He'll, he'll yeah. program, he'll tell me what to do, tell me what mistakes I'm making. Because you always have bad mistakes or, or certain errors that will constantly come back to you. Mm-hmm. So he's there to help watch that, correct it, or just, I mean, if I look great one day let me go if i look terrible one day or if i'm tired or whatever the reason yeah. may be then just keep me from killing myself so uh <laughs> so that that's that's ultimately that i let's say it's difficult to work with other coaches like for an example klokov came to my gym and did a seminar a couple months ago and he has tons of great information and i mean you can't knock you absolutely hands down can't say anything against the guy for what he has to offer and what he has to say but it's uh, to a certain extent difficult to apply it directly because if it was to do exactly as he wanted ex- exactly as he said i mean he only came for one weekend and provided a little bit of what he could in that time frame but i'm going to be working with my coach continually he knows me he's been with me longer i mean it's tough to kind of bridge the gap so there are certain times where you can take little bits from other people but if if you're working with someone directly that's when you want you just leave yeah. it up to them yeah, yeah. is that the point because that's what i always get confused with so how do you how do you choose the right coach or how do you choose the guy to follow or the cues to follow when one guy's telling you one thing and then you get a coach in for a weekend seminar and he's telling you a different thing. Do you're, yeah. so the, do the participants get worried? Like, well, now I got to do what Klokov says. Well, it's from, let's say, and I think this is somewhat of a gap that Klokov has with it is that he was brought up from a little kid from where basically everyone was, was of a high pedigree. His father was a great weightlifter. He was involved with all great weightlifters. They started at eight, nine, ten years old, and then they just went right up from there. So they never really had any bad mistakes and never started later. Didn't have I mean, Everything was already set from, for them to go without any uh, restrictions. But let's say for us, we started much later. We have a lot of, let's say, tightnesses, issues, injuries, whatever that uh, came over the course of the year. So it's learn, teaching people how to learn from a later point. So it's not so much that one's conflicting or especially let's say if it comes from someone like him or someone who's not renowned it's not that something's conflicting it's getting it to cross into the same language of someone to understand if that makes sense yeah so my language and vernacular may be one way in terms of getting cues to understand when his or will be another and it's let's say for some my lifters who, who learn from like john tulo for example yeah. he, he took that he, he had a few questions about it so it's a matter of just bridging the gap in the language to where yeah. it, you can apply it correctly what type of questions does john have oh man john's john's the man he comes he's, oh yeah <laughs> he's, I, mean, he's, no, I love john yeah I was like, I, afterwards i was like john you have to send me all of your notes i mean i, I and I he just, will and he did he'll constantly he'll email you whatever mm-hmm. you want yep. he'll even if you don't ask for it yo he's I, he's I, awesome the champ is the man the champ so. He, uh, he, he sent me all his notes. You know, I, I'm taking notes. I have this little pad. I'm just like chicken scratching things all over the place. I'm like, all right, I think I got this. I, I, 
I get his notes. It was about two pages of just yeah. highly detailed information. Yeah. It's like, wow, I don't, I don't even know how the guy pays <laughs> He's attention. He's forever a student. He, he really oh, yeah. is. He, and, and you know, the cool thing about him, and I've, I've, I forget where I've said this before, but He's, uh, you could tell his pedigree as an athlete for being a lifelong athlete at a high level. Like he has, he's just, his demeanor, his approach, his focus yeah. is unlike his anybody focus else. focus is insane. Yeah. Exactly. And it's something to aspire to. And I mean, granted, I, there's I, obviously he's new to weightlifting, but there's so much that I can learn from him just be, from being an Absolutely. athlete. It's, it's, it's good to have him around. But and he will always work on his the stuff that he's bad at too. He'll, Absolutely. He'll yeah. come in here on a Sunday mm-hmm. or a Saturday during Saturday, an open yeah. gym yeah. and go over there and work on, you know, sideways handstand walks against yeah. the wall, like stuff, you know, moving on different planes. Mm-hmm. It's just, he's always working on something. You, the average, I wouldn't even say the above average athlete would never think about to work on. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's, it's, it's the fine details. And that's a big thing with Klokov too. And just even my coach for that matter. It's not, it's not the big things that you focus on so much in as much as the acute details and you focus on those and they amass over time, like a dollar a day, you keep collecting, you know, at the end of the year, you got over you know, $365, not trying to just amass it in one time. Yeah. And that's, that's the collective over time is what really allows someone to develop. And that's like you were asking earlier about how myself being it as an, as an athlete is just the time that i've put in and the consistency that's it's cumulative that's hard for a lot of people to do is to work on the fine details because they want to get things right away i think that what happens to people to force them to work on the fine details is unfortunately an injury yeah when people injure their and there's nothing shoulders nothing pretty about doing an overhead waiters carry with a kettlebell it's no. pretty doing it with a snatch or a clean and jerk. So it yeah. it takes that person to be like, you know what? Yeah, it's not pretty that I'm doing this, you know, that I'm doing this, but this mm-hmm. is what I need. And it's not fun. Everyone just wants to. Yeah. Oh, I want to make a record right now. I want to exactly. get better right now. Yeah. I want to do this, 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 this. It's like, well, you have to do this, but it may not be fun. And then yeah. if someone doesn't enjoy it or understand the purpose of it or realize the longevity that you need to have behind it to where it manifests, and later on, like especially the the advantage of hindsight is you see how everything just kind of pulls together and then all of a sudden you get to like to a groove for like let's say where i am now so for for i mentioned my training partners earlier when we train so my coach he works with all these other guys that we have he's got to constantly work with them very very in depth he has to work with them but for myself he'll just give me little bits i could self-regulate what i want to do i have an idea of what i'm going to be doing or how i want to do it based upon what he tells me and it's uh, it's it's automatic and it's a good thing because now i can have much more uh, autonomy as a lifter as opposed to constantly relying on the coach but that's from the years of doing the little things that i need to do in order to be successful so at this point in your career what is the what is mark correcting on you um it's it's trying to get not uh, let's see that's a good question i would say not so much correcting let's say keeping me from making the little mistakes that i would make but getting me to do the things that i need to advance further so let's say if i've got to change a couple things or, or focus on doing things slightly different because now i'm working with heavier weights or different weights and i need to either get stronger in certain areas or move a little bit differently in order to move beyond mm-hmm. to, to get to heavier weights either. So it, it, it's always chasing, let's say, a weakness. I may be stronger in one area, but then that's going to affect differently in the next and how to constantly bridge the gap to keep elevating me up. So it is opposed to just doing like the same thing nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. There's always going to be a limiting point that you're going to reach. So you have to find what that point is to then fix that and move you up. That's cool. Yeah, Viv said that you guys do an hour of accessory work. Yeah, lots of accessory work. That's it goes along. Most people, you know, it's it's most programs, and you know, Mark would always say this when 
we would lift or especially like years ago you don't have to do the lifts all the time and you see a lot of programs people every day snatch clean and jerk squat pull squat snatch clean and jerk squat pull and some iteration of that every single day but especially now like you could see you really don't have to do that every day you don't have to do it every workout once you have a, a somewhat of a basis for it sometimes let's say i'll do i'll lift better if doing the lifts less frequently or do do better at the lift by not doing it as much because either my body's a little bit more rested or mm-hmm. the constant repetition of one thing is it wears you out in a certain way it creates it makes you tighter stiffer whatever it may do and then you take a rest from it. Like let's say jerks, for example, there was a point where I was doing jerks just about every workout and it got to the point where it was just like stagnating. But then uh, program switched a little bit, wasn't doing it so often. I'd maybe go for like a heavy jerk once every two weeks or if not further. And every time I would jerk, it, it would be effortless. I'd make real big jumps. So let's say I'd make like, like 10, 20 kilo jumps, go right up, make a record and then move on. So it's, uh, you don't always have to do the same thing. It's the little things and like the accessory work yeah. that goes a long way. What do you think, Kev? You do you do that much accessory work in your programming? Um, I do a good amount. It's spread out over the course of the four days. Yeah. Though, um, but Ryan Ryan Hansen's my coach. Mm-hmm. Ryan does definitely put in a bunch of accessory stuff, and um, he has the same philosophy on it. You know, you're not just snatching, you're cleaning, jerking. So yeah. It. Um, it'll be different throughout it, and because my coach before him. Mm-hmm. Um, did that same okay. thing and i was burnt out very fast yeah you know it's like all right i'm doing i'm snatching again today mm-hmm. whereas now i snatch once a week and i'm like yeah. oh fuck today's snatch day this is awesome yeah. mm-hmm. you know and mentally it's better i don't yeah. think i, I ever say that <laughs> what it's snatch day yeah okay, i'm so excited what, well maybe get to like 150 why do weightlifters work in kilos international international is that yeah just yeah. keep it on the same. Yeah, because yeah, every country competes there, is, is abides by that except the U.S. So yeah, in the that's CrossFit the Games, do they do no pounds? They're pounds. pounds. They're in pounds. pounds? Yeah. Even though that's an international competition too, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's American. Yeah, it's it's more American. Just yeah, kind of pulls American. people okay. in. Okay, I'd say. Yeah. Okay, that's why. Uh, Dave Castro got a bunch of shit. As I think it was like two or three years ago. I don't know if you saw it. He made like an Instagram yeah. post yeah. with a shirt. It said it had American flag print. And it said, yeah. I lift in pounds, not kilos. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got some new people in the gym. They're from Egypt. Oh, no kidding. Right? And um, Yeah, Israel. Israel. Oh, Israel. Okay. Yeah. How many kilos? I'm like, don't, don't, uh, don't confuse those two. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I thought they were Egyptian. Those from guys, uh, they're from Israel. Okay. They, yeah. Danny, they, uh, yeah, they came in the first time I met him. I was like, yeah, yeah. I'm one of the owners here. He goes, I got to tell you something. I don't know what the accent is. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. The, the, guy, the guy from my gym recommended to go here. Yeah. Recommended me and my, my, my other buddy that was, he was, that was next to him yeah. to go to CrossFit 845. I was like, get the hell out of that's here. That's awesome. From yeah, where? Awesome. From Israel. That's no cool. No way. When yeah. you get reached like that, Holy that's shit. great. That's awesome. It's crazy. Wow. Like, no way. You sure? It's like, yeah, this is the one. It's like, <laughs> that's awesome. Oh my God. Yeah, how, do you, how do you even respond to something like that? I mean, just like, oh, it's like, yeah, oh my God. Sure. <laughs> Thanks and high five. Then you saw the Coronas in the fridge. Like, oh, I'm staying. Sign me up. Uh, <laughs> beer goes a long way. It, does. Oh, it sells yeah. everybody. They drink like yeah. fish. They, man, let me tell you, when I was in Germany a couple weeks back, oh, oh my God, it was just spectacular. Beer gardens. on. It was like, we were right on the river. There were like t- three, four beer gardens on either side, and they're amazing. Everyone just... Incredible! I can't. Why is, I can't why is, words why is it different than here? Uh, in turn, what the beer? Yeah. It, well, the Germans they brew according to uh, the pure the Bavarian purity law of like fifteen sixteen, I think it is, 
Uh, so it, what it does is it limits brewing to only have four ingredients, which is water, barley, hops, and the yeast is the other one. So it's traditional. And, and it's a, a, a being traditional, too. They take great pride in their traditions. So mm-hmm. the fact that they don't add, like... Um, Oh, like lemon peel or, yeah, or yeah. cinnamon and coriander, whatever, 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 whatever <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever people put into beer now, it, it's kept pure and how it's how it was. So everything's incredibly fresh. Not to mention the food and their their food production over there is I love very German fresh. Food. Yeah. Oh man, it's it's so good. I the best pizza I've ever had in my life was over in Germany. Really? No kidding? Yeah. Did you jump weight classes? I tried to. <laughs> <laughs> God, there was there was a there. there was a lot. Are you, are you an eighty five or ninety four? Um, I eighty five. Yeah. Tr- well, trying to fill out to an eighty five. I'm way. I've been. I, it was seventy seven for a while. Weight kept creeping up. Now it's like I'm trying to go full bore, and I mean I'm just kind of creeping between eighty one and a half, eighty two. So you're looking I, stocky. So trying you, to. Yeah, so you're hoping for good, man. You hoping for an eighty kilo class mm-hmm. in July? I had an eighty three class would be great. <laughs> <laughs> How often do you compete? Uh, I'd I'd say we don't compete that often as, as others do. Maybe like once every five six months. Oh, okay. So I I competed in. What was when was when did you when did you compete, Kevin? March at Ryan's. That I was think, March. I think it was March, right? Yeah. So Early I, March. Yeah. So I think I was. Um, yeah. So right, I competed the weekend after you. So I guess yeah. March would be the last time. Then I'll be competing I next in July. About you guys, uh, you know, you guys don't do as many meets. Yeah. Um, but when you do them, you guys roll deep if you will yeah absolutely um, you know and <laughs> what's cool. your thought pro- yo because and intrepid we're, we're doing as many mm-hmm. meets as we can yeah like that's it like there's a meet close uh, ryan texts me what's like, the advantage yeah. of that i like doing it just for the experience and the platform experience and especially with our programming over at intrepid mm-hmm. it's we do maxes pretty often yeah so he'll line it up with a meet got um, it and you know he Ryan wants to train us to get into that competitive mindset. Because mm-hmm. if you're doing maxes in a gym on a Saturday afternoon, yeah, you're trying for something, but you're not trying to get something. If yeah, that makes sense. That, that makes all the sense. Yeah, and you, um, ha- you, ha- I'm sorry, you have to be an affiliate to host a meet. Is that correct? You have to be a USAW club. But, correct. Right. Okay. Yeah. So but, you have to be. But but so say if New York Weightlifting Academy hosted something through. CrossFit 845, that would create a loophole. Correct? Absolutely, yeah. So, like, let's say if you want to say, hey, Danny, I want to have a meet, mm-hmm. I could be the, the the meet director. We could hold it right here. And I mean, uh, what I, I was talking to Ryan about this. I mean, hopefully, it's not to let too much information out. This is a while oh back. Oh, boy. But no, no, it's, right no, nothing, <laughs> nothing official. But we're still like, it'd be great to get like a uh, uh, like a Hudson Valley Championship or something yeah. going. Maybe um, like, let's like, go one home. Of, yeah, like one of That'd the be ho- He talked great. about that on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, on yeah like yeah. one of the hotels in Fishkill. It's like a central hub. Oh, yeah, yeah. Have it in the back room. That'd be awesome. Yeah, it would be. It'd be really cool. I mean, you get people coming down from all areas. I mean, because weightlifting, and this is the Hudson Valley, weightlifting is growing a lot between the yeah. guys upstate mm-hmm. and uh, you guys over. Uh, what's, what, what county is uh, Ryan in? Is that, Orange. That Orange is considered Orange still? Yeah, I remember okay. talking about that with Ryan, how much yeah. it's exploded. Yeah, so I mean, uh, that'd be a really cool thing to do. And that'd, I mean, awesome, that'd lead to something larger, like yeah. maybe a New York State championship, which they used to have. And I think that anymore. would go leaps and bounds. This is kind of going back to episodes of Ryan's podcast yeah. in creating an LWC that doesn't have to do with New York City. Yeah, oh, exactly. Yeah. And that's that's the big thing. So for, I don't know if you guys know, but the, the weightlifting uh, committee really binds us to New York City. And they're kind of like... I, they've had to. They've been forced to loosen up a lot more because of the amount of pressure that they got from all of us up here. Yeah, yeah I remember but that conversation. Yeah, yeah. They were just. They. Were, I mean, you really couldn't do anything up in these parts because they just tried to pull everybody down to the city. I mean, it's it's tough to get down there, especially Long Island, Queens. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, parking's terrible. It's not convenient. So let's say like, 
someone the guys up in albany they used to have to come all the way down if they want to do like if they weren't sanctioned to meet of their own they had to go all the way down to queens so yeah or vice versa guys from syracuse too i bet right yeah i think so yeah no, from syracuse i thought was a different is syracuse LBC. is it, it like, like rochester or so yeah might be somewhere yeah, up there up. i forget the the district lines but I mean, it stretched up pretty far especially yeah. so you're saying there's a gap in the hudson valley yeah huge wow yeah what needs to happen to get on that Pressure. Yeah. I, I yeah. think that's the only thing that's going to take is pressure and growth. Pressure. Yeah, growth is the big Boycott. thing. We ultim- ultimately, what we'd have to do, I would think, is get enough numbers of um, active lifters in the Hudson Valley in order to, for it to be broken off at the Zone WC. Because I think the national office is doesn't recognize it as being large enough. Yeah. Something along those lines. I'm not sure. I'm sure, I'm sure funding is... kind of political in it. I think there also needs to be more lifters to uh, potentially vote for somebody. Yeah. Um, as president other than Chris Smith, the current yeah. LWC president. Because mm-hmm. um, Chris Smith is out of the... Um, he's from Long Island. Yes. He and he's the head of the New York Metro mm-hmm. LWC. And um, you know his interests are obviously for his weightlifting club yeah. down in Long Island mm-hmm. um, versus where you know, I've never seen him in a meet north of the city. And as far as I know, him being the LWC president, he's supposed to travel to every competition and bring a competition weight set Yes. To be used at the meet. But I mean, I, I know he did that in Albany one year, but he, I don't believe he really goes out beyond that, which I, th- I as according to bylaws, I believe it's his duty to do so. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot time to for it. change, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Which we, so. <laughs> we tried every year. Honestly, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in time, it'll come. No, absolutely. So um, it's just one of those things as, as the sport grows. This is a sport has to grow in a positive way to where you can, it, we really have to, people have to unite more work together more because it's so disparate and one group stays away from another and it yeah, just it's, it's very bullshit. yeah and that's where politics get created yeah um so, so going into growth um i know what i've seen mm-hmm. personally with it um you can go back to when you started new sure. york weightlifting academy mm-hmm. um crossfit yeah what has crossfit done for you personally mm-hmm. as new york weightlifting academy and the, what you view that CrossFit's done for the sport of weightlifting? Well, CrossFit's given me uh, the platform to be able to have a, a viable business at a successful level, and it's brought a, a host of greater, or, uh, yeah, a host of more people willing and actively interested in competing in weightlifting and even transitioning to weightlifting. So it's it's done, I mean, tremendous amount for that, and it's been great. So it's just uh, it's a matter of I, I think. Because obviously, unless your question's kind of leading it to a certain point, like is there like a disparity between CrossFit and weightlifting? No, no, no. Yeah, I just meant like because um, I know a bunch of you know big USA like Holly Mangold's going yeah. on record saying weightlifting would be shit if it wasn't for CrossFit. Yeah, Klokov said the same thing. Yeah. Viv, Viv said yeah. the same thing. No, you yeah, know? absolutely. So that's where it, no, it was just kind of a question for you about mm-hmm. you know how you if you agree kind of yeah. and what it's personally done for you as. Oh yeah, it's 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 been great. So I mean, I can't knock it one bit. No. I mean, no, I think the bridge between CrossFit and weightlifting is being, you know, shortened, mm-hmm. you know, every year. Abs- um, yeah, absolutely. So with USAW is at regional events now. Yeah. And, and I was going to say, it's everything's, every everything's becoming more oh, yeah. intertwined. Yeah. 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 Um, the CrossFit liftoff is co-sponsored by USA weightlifting. Yeah. Wow. So I think they, and uh, so you mentioned the, the disparity, is that the disparity between the CrossFit gyms and the weightlifting gyms or the weightlifting gyms and the weightlifting gyms? Uh, between CrossFit and weightlifting gyms. So I think that's and and also uh, like let's say like the traditional weightlifters uh, speaking ill of CrossFit or say CrossFit sucks and all that stuff. I mean you can't you can't really say that because it's brought so many people into lifting. Yeah. I think the only problem that I would think had come of it is that 
there are it's it's somewhat of an oversaturation oversaturation without enough leadership. So to be able to really I mean, like let's say um, there are those. The quality—it's and over time, I think it'll eventually change and increase because that's what everyone wants, and obviously, what the market wants is gonna—it's gonna dictate what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Like it brought more people into it, but the quality's low of the participants. So let's say like technique of the lifters, understanding, and the coaching level. And this is just from my my perspective, coming from someone who's been uh, coached from a high-level coach and seen what his experience have led. But you're gonna get. Let's say the, the quality of technique is low. Americans rely a lot more on strength, and it just like nationals just happened. And I mean, it wasn't uh, especially. I mean, coming from being in Germany and seeing a high-level international yeah. competition with just good, good, not even uh, like the top lifters in the world, but just na- international level lifters. It's just their skill set's phenomenal. Absolutely, the barrier but, to entry into weightlifting from a crossfitter's pr- perspective is basically shit compared to international. Yeah. Yeah. Skill level. Yeah. So it's, I mean, this, the, then that's what we need more. And the, but the good thing is now weightlifting is getting a younger draw of, of people, which is going to help in, let's say, 10, 15 years from now, produce some much better mm-hmm. lifters. So you have someone who's able to finally start young, where like, let's say when CrossFit first started, anyone get involved in weightlifting would just had to, I mean, the likelihood of finding a weightlifting gym was non-existent. So my, right. myself even, like, it, it, for me to find my first coach, I think it was like 26 or 27 when I started. Uh, wow. it, it, yeah, it was it was effort to find someone who knew what they were doing, and there were few and far between. Now, I mean, you could just—I mean, the resources more with the internet are available, but you could find a weightlifting gym pretty pretty readily, as opposed to just hoping that someone wasn't about three hours away from you. Yeah. So it, it's it's done a lot, and it's—I mean—it's going to continue to do more, and I think CrossFit's going to continue to evolve to certain aspects to where they kind of become more involved in weightlifting and vice versa, to where they merge together and then use that as like let's say a uh, a farming system for weightlifting to pull out those who are talented and get them to absolutely. And I, and I think personalities like Maddie Rogers and CJ Cummings are also helping the younger generation. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Between especially how active they are on Instagram and the exposure on Instagram, that's going to absolutely do do wonders for it. So people want to. Oh, I like. I love Maddie Rogers. I want to lift and. Yeah. Uh, that changes the female perspective of, of girls being involved in it and actually looking like yeah. Like and girls. I've had oh. two of those comments today. I'm I'm looking like yeah. a man. I'm starting to look like a man. No, look no, at Maddie. Maddie Rogers is arguably pound for pound the strongest woman in the United States. And you look at her on you know even if she's in a bikini on an Instagram picture. Hey, if you don't know yeah. who it is, you're like, oh, that's just a really fit girl. Yeah. Like you're not looking at Maddie Rogers saying, oh, you know, she's beefy or you know she's you know muscular she's yeah. looking at her like she's a very fit you know she snatches more than me yeah mm-hmm. and, and you like, know and that's yeah. it too i mean she makes it very saleable she may not be technically the best lifter or the strongest lifter no. per se but her the fact that she is at a high level and the fact that she looks great is it it sells itself and so. her personality and i like how her instagram and her social media shows the bad shit as well as the good stuff too yeah like she will post about her bad days mm-hmm. um she'll make posts about how you know she didn't hit a lift today so she'll let you know that on even on the top level you're gonna miss stuff yeah you're mm-hmm. gonna miss your you know, she makes fun of herself all the time one of my favorite blooper reels i'm sure you saw it was the yeah the she was snatching off the blocks and it she dropped it and it went rolling through the, the, glass. the glass door yep so <laughs> you know, she saw it in the glass. <laughs> she saw it. She has fun. Um, and then when I met her um, out in Kansas City for the first time, I went up to her and I saw her. I was like, listen, I was like, I just want to say I absolutely love. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> close. Close. No, I was like, I love, you know, 
how your your presence on social media. And let her know that because mm-hmm. I told her like you know some I days, love your Instagram. I double tap every time. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, you, know, you have to. Um, that was me deep trolling. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, but you know, like I told her, like I love how real you are mm-hmm. on it, and you you know aren't just showing the good stuff because there's so many yeah. other ones out there that only post when they. Mm-hmm. It's a highlight reel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, you have to post a struggle. Like let people know that you know you're you're a real person. You're a human. Post a struggle. Yeah, because yeah. it's a struggle, and that's and most people don't realize the amount of time that let's say anyone. I mean, especially with Instagram, you follow people all over the world from every which level. But anyone on the high level, you don't realize that. Like, let's say this one when I was in Germany, this one uh, female lifter that I was speaking to, she started when she was seven. Now she's twenty-seven. She was an Olympian, world and competed at world championships, and she was just. I mean, still still working hard, still training to get better. But you don't realize. I mean, she's twenty-seven, but. She's got 20 years of experience behind her, and that goes a long way. And no one realizes that, oh, okay, they maybe say, okay, we're of comparable age. Why am I not as good as her? But you don't realize that they have that much behind them. So for the fact yeah. that she's going to be posting misses and what yeah. what it's really like, that helps give people, or should at least give people an understanding that, you know, it's it's hard. It's not easy. Yeah. It takes a lot of effort to, to be able to achieve that. Is that where the best lifters usually come from, Germany, or just Europe in general? Because it's been more mainstream over there than it is um, over like, here. China, China, and Russia are, are, the, are the most dominant. But now, with like all the drug tests that they've been doing, it it, it kind of changes things. Did you no, watch I it? didn't. Everyone's been telling. I should watch to it. See that? Yeah, they said it's, it's incredible. Really Especially like supposedly like took a twist in the middle of it and it did. Yeah, it went from it started one direction and then completely went off. Yeah, the I've got direction. to see it. But a lot. What of was it? Icarus. Yeah. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, I didn't watch it. There's not a lot of people story. talking. Yeah, it should be. I would think, right? What's that? It's still on, it's on Netflix, Netflix, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but a lot, a lot of those countries over there, especially like the eastern part of Germany and and such, weightlifting has been, I guess, very involved in their history. And even especially like the Soviet countries or the former Soviet countries, that was, it was pushed very largely. Yeah. So it's still pretty. Yep. It's not. It's not as popular as you would think. I they think they're along the same lines as as we are here. Really? It's, yeah, we're still a niche sport. It's still small, but I mean, it's a matter of just keeping the interest going along in it. It's kind of like why I. I think we brought in uh, Norik Vardanian and Jenny mm-hmm. Arthur yeah. here last year, and uh, I still think that was probably the best seminar I've ever gone to because they had two completely different mm-hmm. lifters. Yeah. Norik has been, you know, came out of the womb, was given a barbell. Yeah. You know, Jenny was a catcher in softball, so mm-hmm. she had to completely fix her squat yeah. to be functional versus up on her toes, the mm-hmm. you know, your typical squat, you know, pre-lifting. Um, and it was really cool because they went into that stuff and kind of touched on what you said before about yeah. the seminars and stuff. Mm-hmm. They didn't say this is what you had to do. They yeah. didn't come in and say fix it. They came in and gave you tools okay. to add into your lifting. You know, like the going over no contact um, cleans, no contact snatches yeah. and all that. And just putting in different things to help fix bar path. That's and cool. That was their, it wasn't them coming in saying, you need to change your mm-hmm. training to this. Yeah. It was coming in and just say, this is what we do. <laughs> they were talking about how you know Jenny comes in. Jenny breaks a sweat before she even touches a barbell with her warm up. <laughs> you know, and then yeah. Norik just comes in and you know yeah, picks up a bar, does a few empty reps, and is going. Yeah, that's that's cool. So, What's your position on the no contact snatch and clean? It's uh, it's useful. Uh, Explain I, that for me. Well, it's funny you should ask. <laughs> <laughs> just um, no contact with the body. No contact. Yeah, no contact with your bar with the bar so to your body. People like to hit off the hip, and it bounces away from them. Fixing 
little well, things let's like hear it. That. Yeah. Let's hear it. Go, yeah. for, it. go for it. But well, the premise of it is essentially it, it forces you to continue the motion of the bar going up and continue the motion of your pull. So I've personally have never really done them or had to have had to have done them in training. But let's say there are a few people who that I've coached that I've had them do that because either for whatever reason, either they like to just hit it so hard and they rotate or something to where they're not continuing the upward motion of the yeah. bar and not following the the full I guess the full range of the lift through. So I'll have him do like I had one guy do him yesterday and he just cleaned him up tremendously. All of a sudden it's like the guy actually looks like he's like, oh, yeah, that's how you snatch and that's how yeah. you do it. And then as the weight gets heavier, the bar will start coming in more and more. But for the most part, it, it's a, they're very functional. And I think they're good to do even like his warm-ups. Like I'll do not no contact muscle snatches as a warm-up and they're good because again, it just reinstills the motion of continuing the, your body and the bar going up as one yeah. as opposed to just trying to smack it so violently exactly. and throwing things off. You'll see, uh, there's a couple people here that you'll see, especially when the weight gets heavier, even if you're pulling from the floor, they'll stop in a hang position. Mm-hmm. And pu- and try to pull from there. there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. hitch and then the we'll, yeah, whale yeah. the thing yeah. away. Yeah. So I like it. I yeah, the, the I no contact it. snatch helps me a lot because my of my bar path. Yeah. So think about a bar path. The bar should go straight up and come mm-hmm. straight back down. There's a bird. There's a bird in here. Yeah. All right. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. It just flew straight through. That's cool. Uh, through the garage, out the front. So <laughs> doing adding in that no contact was helping me with the bar going up yeah. and down. And then I started slowly adding the contact back mm-hmm. in because I did used to slam it versus yeah. how it should be the brush. Yeah. And and, you know, and it helps a lot too because it's it's for a lot of people who make real harsh contact, it slows them down. They think yes. that the motion, especially in the snatch, that's got to be real violent, real like ballistic motion, but it's not. It's all about it's all about timing. So no contact forces you to maintain the continuity and to actually slow you down so you work at the correct time as opposed to wa- trying to work just so aggressively and muscle it. That's a good point. It's exactly what it is, timing. Describe the lift of a snatch from the floor. Oof. It's, uh, How should it look? Oof. Or what, what type of feeling should be it's occurring? Like CrossFit level two question. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. It should, be, <laughs> it should be smooth. It should be. So when you, when you set up, yeah right mm-hmm. what's going on let's say uh, for myself personally or for anybody yeah. i'd say Go ahead, no for you it's it, making sure you're putting yourself in the right place and and what place is that well it, it's let's say more so it, it's it's controlling yourself so when you get set, especially if you're on a competition platform, it's not just, oh, I got to make this, I got to go, I got to do this. It's putting yourself in the position to where you can be successful. So that comes with aligning your feet correctly, getting your, your grip set to where your grip's in the correct position and comfortable to relax so your arms can stay relaxed, bringing your body through, having the right posture, and maintaining the, the start position. At Which least. is? Sorry, it's just an a uncomfortable stretch through. Uh, the ball of your foot, really tight arch back, uh, should be somewhat uncomfortable position. Yeah. So that way you can apply all your force. But the, so your starting <laughs> yeah. your starting position in the snatch should feel somewhat uncomfortable. If it's not, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Where yeah. should you feel the tension in your hamstrings or quads in a snatch when you're in your starting when you're position? Setting up. Quads. Quads, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you're not setting up like a deadlift where your ass is in the air and your chest. No, is your back. Your, should ba- be your nice back should be arched so tight, like someone's sticking a nice pick in your back and you're trying to arch away from I it. I like that. Your back should be just extending like you've never felt it before. You should feel the most uncomfortable position because then once you are, then you know that you'll be able to bring the bar up to your thighs correctly, which in turn will bring it to your hips correctly, and then you'll go straight up. If All you, right. If so you're comfortable in your start, you're it's going to be off. So your st- your starting position is set up. Your back is arched. Then what mm-hmm. happens? Then. Find your focal point and just trust your technique. Where's that focal point? You looking straight ahead or up? Up. Up, up a little bit. Always right? up. Yeah. yeah. Always up. Head up. 
chin up We're so that like we lease to extension. Right not at the ceiling. So let's say, Valley, I think uh, what I always tell people, like, let's say if you're standing looking at somebody, look over their head. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. that way you're about, I don't know, what, I don't have a protractor out or what, what degree that would be, <laughs> but think, you know. I mean, I was talking <laughs> a little, to a little bit of both. Protractor. <laughs> Solid 94. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going over with the, I think it was the teens yesterday. We were doing a clean and jerk. And I said, because they keep looking at the ground and mm-hmm. everything where their eyes go, their body follows. So I said, always. look up at that 845 side. Yeah, right that's there. perfect. Yeah. So they're, it's not, they're not arch, arching their neck. They're just focal point is up a little mm-hmm. bit. But and see, even as you do that, you lift your chin up and then that leads to extension. Yeah. And then you maintain your position. So I remember the first time. Hold I on, Kev. <laughs> One second. <laughs> We're getting so the, somewhere here. Don't break the flow. The bar is about to be lifted off the ground. What <laughs> yes, is sir. happening? <laughs> oh, it was? Really? <laughs> yeah, it was to the point of keeping your head up. Okay. You know? Yeah. I was saying when I, the first time I was ever the center judge of a competition, I was always worried, like, fuck, do I make eye contact? Like, like what do I do? What <laughs> yeah. am I doing? And then Viv was actually lifting. Yeah. And I'm like, she's like, I'm like, oh, I know her. Like, I don't want to make her laugh. So, like, I'm looking down until she starts to lift. And, <laughs> you know, and then I'm realizing no that all of the lifters are looking just above my head. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I always, I always try to find a spot. Like even before the meet starts, we call you out and introduce everybody. Yeah. Find where I want to look and stand on the platform and pick my points. And then that way, even as I'm warming up, I can think of that. So when I go out, doesn't I mean I won't see anything except where I'm looking yeah. and just being on the platform. And it's easier at a national competition because there's not people directly in front of you. Exactly, they're away. Hmm. Is that so. starting snatch position similar to the starting clean position where your butt's down, chest is up, back is arched? Similar similar there there are differences to it but yes the same premise mm. i mean it's it, you have to uh, you know you, it's essentially employing your your back and your legs simultaneously so you have to be in a spot to where you could do so and once i mean think of doing a back squat you don't change your back squat from especially um you just don't change it you know, mm-hmm. the same way you jump you don't you don't change how you're going to jump for one reason or the next you do it the same way every time so your grip is going to dictate where your body position gets to but for the most part, the premise is the same. You have tension in your quads. You have tension in the arch in your back. You you need to have your shoulders over the bar just enough so that way you have the right leverage point, but also the trajectory of the bar will be able to maintain as you're coming up. So, What are your knees doing? In the snatch, and your knees... set up. Yeah, in your snatch, your knees are out. You're out of... Let's see. My, I think my knees touch into my elbows in the start. In the clean, they'll, I mean, they'll touch your elbows too, but they're more straight on because of the positioning. So... Um, the, the the wider your knees are in the snatch, it allows you to afford you a, a better drive and a straighter yeah. drive as you come up in the clean. It just so your knees are over bit. the bar a little bit more in a clean. Um, they actually be I, I'd say the, I'm trying to think they're probably behind the bar a little bit more because you can get your butt down more because of the position of your hands. Yeah, yeah exactly. So that means the weight of your body is more set back. So slightly in a clean. Okay. Well, essentially, it should be the same. So when you set up. You, you want the bar set over the ball of your foot, and then you bring your body forward. So that's going to still incline you to be forward into the ball of your foot when you start. And the premise of that is so that way when you come up, and by the time you get to mid-thigh, where it's just your, essentially your strongest point and where you speed up from, you're flat-footed, you're neutral on your foot, so that way you can continue to push straight up, and then that, that's where your speed. So it's all about getting to that spot correctly. So it, it, the start is very important because if, as I was saying, if you don't take your time, if you rush your start, it's like a foundation to a house. Yeah. If you just rush the foundation, you don't take the time to do it correctly. The, the rest of the house, you boom, done. Yeah, exactly. Settlement, you got settlement. Your uh-huh. beams will bend. Oh gosh, that's no good. Saying, <laughs> see, and that's what you don't want. So it's it's all about getting it to here correctly, so then yeah. you can continue just on the momentum you build yeah. and just go so straight the, up. It's like a so golf swing. F- the first pull is controlled. First pull is controlled. 
And then the bar gets past your knee. What's happening there? That's when you start speeding up more. So speeding up, how does one speed up? Just uh, stand up a little faster. <laughs> but not ballistically. Because you got to think of it. Let's say when you get to a heavy weight, let's say if you're going to deadlift something, you got 135 on the floor, 60 kilos. You can walk up to it. No matter how you do it, you could walk and just blast it off the floor with... <laughs> Reckless abandon, <laughs> but but at the same time, you, you're, st- you're legs straight. Yeah, <laughs> but but you know you could, and you can get away with it, yeah. and have speed. But you could also maintain, even if you set up correctly, you could go as fast as you can. You'll still maintain posture. But let's say you, you load like three over three hundred pounds on there, and you try to approach it with the same tenacity and the same speed. All of a sudden, your knees shoot out, your back bends, the, the bar jolts off the floor, but then slows down. It's just that's what you want to maintain. So mm-hmm. you can't put the ballisticness into it. It's more important to keep the bar moving. So let's say like another analogy I'll constantly use, like if you're going to go push a car in a parking lot or push a real heavy sled, you're not going to get like a 10 foot run behind it, start. charge into yeah, the car and slam point. it. Yeah, you're going to splat onto it. But what you're going to do if you want to get it moving, you're going to butt your body against it. You're just going to start firmly pushing it. And then as it gets momentum, you could just start pushing a little more, a little more to build speed. So ah. the continuity is more important than the acceleration of it. I see so, a so lot. Of, I, I'm sorry, Dan. That's I okay. see a lot of people rip the shit out of the bar right <laughs> off the ground. Yeah. That's, that's no good. That's a no, no. Yeah. And that's, yeah, you yeah, that's when that. you'll see the back bend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. that just comes Their from people comes yeah, rushing or just being like, Oh my God, or crossing. I gotta go. I gotta <laughs> And that this. yanking of it ruins the, your posture too. The it virtuosity does. There's, of the lift. There's a it little does. bit of room in between where the bar is and where mm-hmm. the weight is. So if you're not loading up with that tension, nice, smooth, controlled pull up, it's going to pull you forward a little bit, exactly. especially when the weight gets heavier. Exactly. And people don't realize that, and they just start yanking it. So, yeah, blitzing away. And a lot of that comes, like, let's say for lifters, too, a lot of that comes from, or newer lifters, it comes from uh, just... Pull harder, pull faster. That's what you were always told. Yeah, or or just even like let's say for like when they get to heavier weights, uncertainty, lack of confidence in themselves, so they don't trust their technique, and then they go back to just oh my god, this is a lot heavier. I got to work harder. So you don't have to work harder. You got to work, yeah, work what's going to make you successful, and that's being patient and put your body in the same position every time. Oh man, yeah. I got a good question. But I don't know if I want to get into to this now. Oh. Hold on. Okay. So then you stand up as fast <laughs> as you can. Yeah, you so got I your want, hold on. I, I got. This. I yeah, got yeah. my hold on. Right? So we're good. Okay. <laughs> you stand up as fast as you can. Mm-hmm. The bar is continuing to come up. Correct. Do your what do your feet do? Your feet, they keep pushing through the floor. You keep your feet down on the floor. It's only when you begin to transition, and I mean, well, okay, it's only when you begin to transition when your feet start moving from where they are. So their feet will slide out. You see a lot of people that pull forever and actually like come up on their toes to where like no one could see this, but like literally like like a ballerina. Mm -hmm. That's too far. That's too long. You want to have it to where once you come up, you get a little bit of transition where your heels move just enough so you can slide your feet out or jump them out to the side a little bit. The longer, most, a lot of people like to work real long and then too long and that actually kills their timing. So like, let's say you probably see people who, when they do a clean, they'll keep working and work real hard and then they turn over and just Bam! Like crushes them in the bottom. That dead barbell's stop. already coming down. Yeah, while they're e- coming exactly. Down. So it's 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 all timing, like I said earlier. So yeah. you want to have your feet just come up enough, based upon the motion of your acceleration, to where then you can carry a little bit to transition. So it's the perfect medium where you're finishing your pull, mm-hmm. but you're not pulling. You're you're not too patient. Well, not pulling, too, not working too long. 
Yeah, I would say. Okay. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's just it's working at the correct timing points. So that way your timing affords you the proper transition. So when you're snatching, once the bar comes up and you go to go down, you're able to lock it out, catch it a little bit high, and then receive it at the right point in the bottom. So it's not crushing down on you. Yeah. Same thing for the clean, same thing for the jerk. So you can catch it in your legs as opposed to catching it in your arms or your upper body, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Because your legs act as a shock absorber. So you get that little bit of uh, support from them. It allows you to maintain your posture, maintain your structure. I think when you, you that's when you see the horror stories of people are already in their squat and that bar is coming crashing yeah. down on yeah. them, and their yeah. upper body can't control that load, and boom, mm-hmm. yeah, right getting, on the back there, yeah, getting getting mushed. <laughs> Jesus Christ, that's what uh, took Kevin Ogre out. Yeah, that exact Oof. that exact thing. Yeah, yeah. that's. Uh, I can't watch that shit. No, you don't need to. It, no. It's just it's just no, no, it's no, just no. a reminder. I thought he had a pre-existing condition. Yeah, but that's what it, it was. Just a routine snatch at one thirty-five. It was, was one eighty-five. That was one thirty. It was I, it was it was a dumb lightweight for him. Yeah, it was one eighty five. It was in the competition. I think regionals. Just he was able to get under it so quick that he almost. That That's scary. Pulling yeah. down on him. Yeah, yeah. It just looked like, like when I saw the video years ago, it just looked like he was he was, he, he, like either lost focus or fatigue or something like that. It just came up and just how he, he just dropped it on himself and. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he was, was already in that. that squat though. Yeah. Like he, he was. Yeah. He was. yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's you know whatever weight it was, it was a weight that he's hit a million times. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, it was yeah. a routine weight. I wasn't yeah. contesting you, Kevin. Everything's, every, everything's <laughs> contested here, Dan. <laughs> As it should be. Keeps it keeps everyone honest. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Wait, are you, we're going to your question. Can we? Go ahead. Um, I think I'm done with with that whole thing. Okay. That was that good. Was good. A little yeah, picturesque. picturesque. I like yeah. That. Uh, one of the things I see with all your lifters at meets mm-hmm. is very. All of them have a very, very similar demeanor okay. and mindset as far as like mm-hmm. they're very calm. I they're agree very, with that. Very collected before it. Whereas you see someone like me in the back, and Smacking I'm smacking himself, and I'm just <laughs> punching I'm just there. In his face. I'm there having fun. Yeah. Like I, I, you know, it, I'm there to compete. Like when I go out on the platform, mm-hmm. I'm serious for eight seconds. Yeah. You know, and that's about it. But your lifters seem very all very the same. What do you do as a coach as far as teaching mindset? Well, it, it, discipline. <laughs> discipline. <laughs> of, you wreck discipline, Kevin. <laughs> well, this actually kind of ties in with what you were asking earlier about how often we compete. It's It goes to uh, we don't compete as often or I don't have people compete as often because, well, uh, actually, I'll answer two questions. One, so we don't compete as often because, well, first off, it just takes so much time and energy for me to be there all day working with everybody. So when we do go, we'll plan where we're going to go, and then I'll devote the day, and th- then everyone will be able to lift. And we, everyone usually lifts well, but for the most time, part, we spend a lot of time in between because we're constantly working on what everyone needs to work on, their weak points and such. And as you're saying, like the demeanor, that's what we really work on in training. So very being very hard on everybody for each rep when they're doing something wrong, not letting them get away with it. So then that way, when it goes to a competition, they're, they're very focused on what they have to do and focused on doing what they need to do to be successful. So everyone has their own cues, their own mindset that they have to approach. So that's where that ultimately comes from. Because like as I was raised and as I try to raise everyone that lifts under me is that when you have when you have lapses or the moment where you stop focusing on what you what you're doing between or or say okay I made that and then you start joking around between sets is that's where that's where you start that's where it goes downhill from there the moment you lose that that intense yeah. immersion in it yeah. you're not able to replicate it and you're going to allow your guard to fall which ultimately leads to people messing up and yeah. not making not I was making say that earlier i feel like when we have a weightlifting class or there's a mm-hmm. weightlifting portion in our in our workout as opposed to a metcon i'm going to approach it with a little more intensity i think than you know because 
I think Metcons are more comfortable with as opposed to like a yeah. three rep max squat clean, something mm-hmm. like that. That's a big difference so. between doing Metcon, you just do. Yeah. It, it's just it's just time and grinding. Exactly. Doing something like three rep max or, or you're doing a lift that you have to concentrate on. Lifting's, lifting's more mental than it is physical. Yeah. And the amount of focus it needs, I mean, if let's say... You have to focus. You have to, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, uh, it's the... the <laughs> Anyone who lifts at a high level, even like what if I mean, it, I don't realize it. I guess I'm more so than what most people said. But I've had so many people come up to me like after a meet or at a meet and be like, "Wow, you're so much different than uh, than you normally are." I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, "I guess I don't know." But I, I mean, I just yeah. don't talk, and I'm just in a different world. But that's what's led me to be where I am, and that's how my coach has, has raised us. And you look at it, like let's say anyone uh, at a top level, like anyone in Germany when I was there for that meet, it was just the amount of focus that they have towards it is is unbelievable. So it's not like everyone's getting amped up or like powerlifting me, like, oh, I'm going oh, to do this and screaming. And yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the just smelling so yeah. Do people do yeah. that in weightlifting? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, ammonia's great. I, I, I love it. It's awesome. At the meet of Ryan's, yeah, the one girl that was lifting, she's like doing ammonia between, and I'm watching them back. Just sucking on the yeah. Uh, Donnie Shankle lives on it. Oh, it's stuff. It just heightens your senses. What, uh, yeah, honestly, it just burns, but it's it's enjoyable. <laughs> I mean, I don't. It's a good burn. Yeah, this is it's not like I don't even know how to describe it. You gotta you it gotta just, try it. Yeah, it, I. It's for I a short burst though. Because, like yeah, if yeah. I'm doing Murph, I don't want to. No, do absolutely. <laughs> like, oh, you'll run away. You, you snort me. Oh, yeah. gone. Like, like I talk about that eight seconds that I'm serious. Yeah. that's what kicks me into it. Mm-hmm. Like I, you know, I'm in the back of children. I'm having because that's me and my personality. Yeah, and I, I'm there to compete. Before like mm-hmm. I'm, th- I'm thinking about competing. Yeah, like I'm not there just you know not take it as like mm-hmm. I'm. So that's what kicks me into it. Like I said, it's like all right, it's go time. Yeah, and then I do it, and then. I'm always at peace with what happens, whether I hit the lift or whether mm-hmm. I don't hit the lift. Will yeah. I be upset that I miss a lift? Of course I will. Yeah. But I'm always at peace with it. Yeah. It happens. I'm still going to have fun. It's, mm-hmm. it's a learning experience on to the next. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love going six for six and PRing everything. Yeah, but, everyone does. You know. <laughs> but, yeah, so. Um, Turbo, what was your question? That's going to segue into mine. It was the oh, mindset. You're welcome. Was, mm-hmm. um, how do you coach or how do you get people into the right mindset and the comfort of getting under the barbell because especially I'm That's sorry a great but, question but with, for CrossFit. The, with the females you'll see them pull that barbell all the way up to their chest and mm-hmm. they just kind of give up yeah yeah for a snatch for a clean they will not get under the barbell they just don't have that comfort or confidence that's uh it's and they kind of you know laugh it off i, I can't you can't mm-hmm. you just pulled it up to your eyeballs when you, <laughs> you could have power cleaned that well there are a few different things for that so one obviously technique so technique's a big part if, if they trust their technique and trust you know having x number of reps underneath them yeah. to where they can they get confident in how they have to do it then that will help carrying them into that position so they have to get comfortable being under that kind of weight well comfortable with the technique and then the right accessory work to where they feel confident with their strength. So it may not be directly do like the lift per se, but they know if they could do X amount more in, let's say, a squat, they could press a certain amount or such, then they have, they have a better feel physically for how the weight is so they can be a little more confident with their technique knowing that, okay, I'm, I'm fairly strong with it. And then lastly is just is certain people where you just have to be harsh on. Yeah. I mean, at least I will be, and you just like – you can't let them get away with it for so long. So let's say if certain people yes, where they just, oh, I can't, I can't. It's like, yes, you can. You yeah. got to do it. It's like you're going to. Is that what, exactly how you say it? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, certain people be very harsh on with that. It's like you just because you, you can't tolerate the same thing. And it's going to get to a point where it's like, how long do you want to, like anything in life, how long do you want to tolerate 
one little thing holding you back nonstop. And I mean, like for me with my lifting, there would be points that I had where I'd make the same mistake once it gets heavier or so, but you just got to get frustrated and say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to commit to not doing it. And you have to, once mm-hmm. you learn to that commitment, that's where you go through. And it's, it's pushing someone through their mental barriers in order to be able to yeah, make the physical success that they need. That's and the hardest part is coaching. Complacency. Yeah. 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 And so. it's like, I mean, a few people that just get, they'll be comfortable working at certain weights that they work at. But I mean, me as a coach, I don't want to be working the same weight every time. It's like, I, I'm, I'm tired of, I'm more tired of you watching you lift that the weight than you <laughs> yeah. are probably doing the same yeah, weight. I, yeah. I want to see you make more progress. You need to make more progress. So it's, uh, it's a point where it, there's a lot of variables into it. And it, I mean, I guess that's a tricky part in coaching and recognizing what's what and giving them the right things, right tools to be successful in order to do that. But then at the same time, knowing when you just got to, you got to be a stern authoritarian on them and just say, cut the crap. We got to time to time yeah. to just do this. Get under it. Yeah. Just get yeah, under I, it. I deal with the same thing. Uh, I started over at Kips, our Kips location, yeah. like a beginner's weightlifting class for yeah. people that you know are interested in getting into it, but aren't at the high. So I take every week I break down one or two lifts and I get into it. And, um, you know, I'm very direct with people mm-hmm. and like, I just tell them like, no, like, and I'll, I'll, t- yeah. Whenever someone says like, I can't like, I just tell them, basically like a nice word shut up Kill yeah yourself. like you know like you you can squat you have full capability i've seen you front squat mm-hmm. there's no reason why you can't drop underneath an empty bar clean yeah um like it's come to the point where like i had to pull one member into the office like listen like you know your negative self-talk about it mm-hmm. is not only driving down yourself yeah but it's also driving down this class, class as well no, it really so, does because other her, people get tired of that they don't like it like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Here, here it's like yeah especially when they're seeing the same thing <laughs> yeah. you're seeing mm-hmm. it's like now you just now you just look ridiculous and yeah. you know and that's like i've had people who've been lifting with me for years now and they'll see let's say others who may have come in or people who have who've done that over time and they'll see that and they'll just be like oh my god because it's it's annoying because to them because They've put the time in. I mean, they may not be at any exemplary level or so, but they've put the time in. They just It's ridiculous because, if I, exactly as you said, the negativity of it, yeah. where it's just like, shut up. It's like either do it or don't. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. you're, if you're not going to do it, get out yeah, of here. Yeah, you made a choice to come to this class. Yeah, that, like, and that's exactly yeah. it. It's, and it's like if you're going to come in here, you made a choice to do this, you want to do this, then commit to doing it. Don't just come here expect things to be done for you. Don't just exactly. expect that it's going to happen. And if you're going to have a negative mindset and you're going to be off, you know, on your phone between yeah. every set and everything, it's like you just you don't belong here. Oh, that I don't do. I said everyone no. you love is in this room right now. <laughs> I like that. I, that's a good one. That is good. That's good. Um, I might have to. I'm, I'm going to borrow that one. I'll give you credit it. for it. Yeah, I don't do. I don't do phones in my class. Hate yeah. the phones. Yeah. Yeah. I took someone's phone away from the other day. She's recording every set. It's like, what are you doing? It's a warm-up set. There's nothing to watch. Oh, yeah, that that I could do. You know, when you're going for a yeah. PR, like, they'll Yeah, we'll let them record. do that. Yeah, that, I'll, we'll do that, too. And usually, but no like... But not warm-ups. <laughs> yeah, not warm-ups. Yeah, but it usually be one of us. Like, so I'll yeah. like, oh, someone's going for... You, you do the courtesy of recording yeah, it for yeah. them. But yeah. you get those who are like, can you record this? Can you record this? Will you just do it? <laughs> come on, just do it. Yeah, right. it's, it's for the gram. Then you yeah, have it. yeah, exactly. It's like come on. You have ten videos of a fail. Uh, exactly. It's like no one cares about no, it. I can't post that one. <laughs> can't yeah. post it. Can't yeah. post it. Um, how much time we got? Because I have a, a fun question. Go ahead, ask it. We got time. Where got. did um, scaring Viviana come from? You know, what? It, it, yes, every time she comes into the gym, my, <laughs> I mean, myself or uh, my, the guy that, that works with me, Dan, <laughs> will we'll hide and just lunge out at her. And you get her, I mean, clockwork every time she's coming in the door. You'd think like by now she'd learn. She'd peer <laughs> yeah. her head around the door, <laughs> see what's coming up. She does up, a few times, though. Like I, yeah. I've seen some videos. Was, where she's yeah, like, one time she got it. Yeah, yeah. those are funny. But uh, <laughs> she's, just, she's just so easy to scare, just so easy to disturb. So I, I enjoy doing that, where too. Where are these videos? 
on her story. Yeah, she got. I think she's got. Story? I think she's got some yeah. on her. Everyday uh, on, Yeah, on the page too. Okay, but uh, yeah, you got to check it out. It's, it's fun. She's she's easy to easy to bother. She always <laughs> yells at me in Spanish all the time for just just. Annoying her. Yes, she was at the gym yesterday. She was taking some videos of people <laughs> lifting, and I'm just coming up behind her. And I'm just like breathing hot on her neck and everything. She's like looking around, starts, <laughs> starts yelling at me again. It's like, oh man, it's, it's fun though. She, it's, it's enjoyable. Were, to get were you guys learning German together? Um, I to be honest, I actually started learning German probably like or well, four years ago. Uh, Duolingo, Duolingo is awesome. Oh yeah, it really works. So the way it started, there was one kid. Great that, yeah, there was one kid was coming in. He he was like travels all over the world. The kid he's just a photographer and just li- life of leisure. I mean, just I want to go here. So all of a sudden he's like in Indonesia. I'm like, really? What I just yeah. saw you yesterday? How are you in Indonesia? Already? <laughs> So he just does what he wants with that. But he, he was practicing German because he enjoyed it. So I was like, oh, you know, I always wanted to learn that. It'd be a cool language. So we started on Duolingo. He told me about it. And then what happened was they have like uh, points on there. So you can like yeah. people that you follow with points. So yeah. I was just like, you it's compete with your friends. Oh, man. So he, he started <laughs> off. I started at zero. He started. He had like 10,000 points. And uh, just long story short, it was over the course of time, again, just persistence, I chased him down. And I remember the day that, the day that I surpassed him, I was like, Jules, it happened. And she, he was like, oh, my God, really? And then he looked. He's like, oh, my God. And just, like, took the wind out of his yeah. sails. Like, all of a sudden, <laughs> we would have, like, daily confidence, like, amassing, like, 300, 400 points a day, which is, like, you, I, I was on there for, like, two hours. Yeah. How do you get points? It's just, uh, just you got to it. Yeah, just, like, you complete, like, a module. It's, like, this little lesson you just go through. So, and you get, like, 10 points at the end of each one. So, I was just doing everything I could to just hound him. I was doing German, Spanish, <laughs> back and forth. And like, Spanish helped me out. I earned a lot yeah. of points in Spanish. I just hammered through. But... I, I did it with uh, a brunt of it was with that that a good friend of mine he's actually from Germany he was he lived in Long Island for a while him and his wife moved down to North Carolina but we always speak and I always ask him and then uh, I just tried just get a book uh, read that a little bit this one kid who comes to the gym now he's from Switzerland so he's uh, been tutoring me a little but that's cool let me that tell you cool. like it it was it was really useful because I mean we we don't realize but like just simple things like street signs parking yeah. meters like little things like that just being able to I mean I can't speak fluently at all so I could listen to what someone says yeah. maybe understand a little bit give a, like a very basic like make an order in a restaurant but when you when you're able to just like read the language wherever you're going it makes things Helps. so much easier i didn't yeah. even realize that like just like exit on ramp yeah. like what's coming up so it, it was cool to know so my goal for next year i can't wait to go back is just be able to have more grasp of the language to be able to speak to people a little yeah. bit more i want to go there now you're making it seem like i already wanted to go there now you're making dude it i tell you it was up. awesome it was it was it was clean it was it was just everything it was it was great i highly recommend it. you could awesome. go definitely go that's cool awesome. yeah all right, last couple questions. Rapid fire here. What Ready? we got? Let's go. What TV show are you currently watching? Oof, TV show currently watching. That's a good one. Honestly, nothing right now. Nothing? Nothing. I've been uh, really just either watching weightlifting videos, movies, or just uh, really a lot of reading. What was the last movie you watched? Um, old uh, Gran Torino. Nice. I forgot the amount of lines that were in that one. He, just, <laughs> he killed that. That, that movie was great. So... <laughs> What about what what book are you reading right now? I'm reading a couple right now. Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Classic. Yep. Second time, Atlas Shrugged. Uh, nice. Yeah. Did you read that ever? Beerfeld's favorite book. Really? Yeah. Atlas Shrugged. You got to read it. Yeah. It's it's, just it's sec- long, right? Yeah. It's about like the least the version I have is like 1,500 pages. Wow. It's but it, it's it's great. Highly recommend it. What's the synopsis of that? It's a novel, but the novel's a, philo- a vehicle for the author's philosophy. So, okay. there, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a, a lot of people, a lot of... Like, what is it about? 
It's about the philosophy of objectivism, which is basically, I mean, you described to it completely. It's, uh, it, it's like individualism. I mean, being selfish is being a good thing and that you mm. look out for yourself, you look out for your others, not just the like collective society. So the author, she was born in Soviet Russia, then came to America and just feels capitalism is the greatest economic means or greatest means for providing wealth on earth so she's a big capitalist proponent and that's where philosophy came from which is why a lot of other philosophers don't even give her credit for it because they're usually of that uh college socialist background mm-hmm. so, any any side hustles um none really right now just just direct all all the gym are so you just, single i am i am believe it or not turbo I can't believe Shame. that. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you want to go to lunch after this? Yeah, yeah. I'm hungry, man. <laughs> if you could punch anyone in the face, who would it be? Ooh. Oh, wow. That's a good question. That That's something that requires some thought. Honestly, I don't... I could be know. a celebrity if you Dalai want. Dalai Lama. Oh, it, <laughs> it probably... Nancy Pelosi. There you go. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Straight to that. Yeah, wow. You made me think on that. Love that. Answer. That's, you know, it's, just a, it's just a horrible person. Her and, her and Hillary, just terrible oh people. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh, Kevin, you got a rapid fire question. I do. Yeah. What is it? Um, your biggest current weightlifting favorite? Current weightlifting Fav- favorite? Favorite lifter? Yeah, current. That's lifting. It's right like right actively now. lifting right yes. now. Hmm. I would have to say either Mohammed Ahab or Jesus. That's a good question. There's a lot of good lifters. Um, the one Albanian, Brick and Kalia. All right. Yeah. Don't know like either him. of them. They're good. <laughs> Favorite, all right, favorite American weightlifter. Favorite American weightlifter? I'd, I'd go with Nork. Nork? Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah, mm. definitely. I mean, his, his technique is just awesome to watch. Yeah. I so love I Nathan like Damron. Yeah, how come? Uh, he's just such a cool guy. And then, yeah. like, I got wasted with him in Grand Rapids. Like, <laughs> on a complete whim, the person who I was uh, rooming with was doing some extracurricular activities where, like, he's like, oh, he's like, I need need some room so i'm like all right yeah. cool so i went back out to the bar we were at and then i i saw norik and jenny there yeah yeah and then uh you know just hanging out with nathan you know nathan damron comes in ian mm-hmm. wilson yeah you know basically uh morgan king comes mm-hmm. in and we're just there and i'm just hanging out with him and yeah. i've always loved him and he just how he is as carries himself like i think i'm yeah. very similar to him like when he's in the back room mm-hmm. like he's smiling he's having fun but then he that's cool turns it off and then goes and he's just like a strong motherfucker yeah he is he's uh, can't deny it. I think, kid, he, I think he just got some legs a, on him. A video of him front squatting 660 for Whoa. four, I think. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, was, it was dumb. I would implode. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't even get it off the J-hooks. <laughs> no. Yeah. no. I would like, what is that? Ryan Chalk? Hanson. No, that's Ryan, terrible. Yeah. Ryan Hanson and I both bailed at 500 last week. <laughs> I wouldn't want to load that on a bar, let alone attempt to lift that. <laughs> no. Jesus. What's next for a New York weightlifting academy? What's next is I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. I want to just have more lifters get to a successful level to where, I mean, ultimately in the future, I mean, it's going to take time, but be able to develop some, some higher level national lifters. I mean, especially once I retire from lifting, uh, be able to put a lot of focus into, let's say athlete development and trying to do, to explore more avenues for obtaining athletes and developing them. So, uh, that's, that's what's on the forefront for me. So ultimately, I mean, to a certain extent, if I could even, let's say, and then get into a more, little bit more side hustle, side business, and actually like downsize, um, some of New York weightlifting to a degree, so it could be more intensive focus on those who really want to compete at a, a yeah. stringent level. That'd be pretty cool to do. So delegate other other chores and other tasks to, for, let's say, newer lifters mm-hmm. to, to staff, and then allow myself to focus on those who are really dedicated. I think that'd be uh, uh, ultimately that is my goal. Not not would be. All right, that's awesome. Another yeah. question. Well, you got. Have you had 
and I'm sure you have. Mm -hmm. um, not necessarily like your favorite lifter you ever had. It's, yeah. This is not where the question's going, but okay. what lifter you had, can you tell about that's had the most impression on you as a coach? Hmm, the lifters had impression in, impression in which way? Like just a positive impression, like whether you took them from literally they couldn't squat a barbell. Oh, to, okay, okay. Or even to it's just they were so coachable and – you know, because I know I have a mm -hmm. few people I've worked with that yeah. has truly changed me as a coach. Yeah. Because of the positive experience. Mm -hmm. like that kind I of thing. would say, let's say, it, I have a couple lifters like that where, again, they haven't, let's say, made, I mean, probably more so than anyone that I took to a national event. But maybe, well, one of them, I'll give him credit. But uh, it, it just, there's been a few people who have been with me long enough and have been so dedicated to where like, I'll, I'll do anything for them at any point in time because they're just, their dedication, their desire to get better and to, to show that they're willing to work for it. Those those people have been the ones who have inspired me, or at least have done as much for me as a coach. Because you really see, that you learn a lot. I'm sure it's anywhere. You get, it's a very small percentile of those who are willing to just do absolutely anything to be able to grow and do yes. more, where very the rest small. just kind of always flutter in out. So there's mm -hmm. always the overflow, but it's that that small percentage where you just want to once you once you learn from them and what they're willing to give, and then what you can give back, and how much you are willing to give back that's like all right that 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 puts a whole different perspective on things so you look for them and when you see them when you see them emerge and when they come out it's like all right then you know what you got to work with and do you love every moment of it what's this person's name let's see i got a, a couple of them sari would be one of them katie sari kaufman sari kaufman she's awesome she is she's she's, awesome. she's great uh katie baravecchia my my pasty pasty white uh, <laughs> junior harrison lucas uh, Jocelyn Delega, she's she was at the meet yep. there. She's she's one of them. There and there are a bunch of others. I could probably go through a whole list. Yeah. And I'm sorry for those names who I didn't mention, but <laughs> you're, there are definitely a bunch more of you in there. But for the sake of time, so the, the Jocelyn was the one I kept butchering her name, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if someone recorded her name incorrectly or she wrote it down differently. I don't know. If I, yeah, Jocelyn. Listen, Delega. I was just saying shit phonetically. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's all we could do. <laughs> well, let me tell you, when I was in Germany for the, the, the competition we were at, I just, just sheer, just happenstance the way it worked out. I ended up being able to do commentary for the live stream on the whole. said that, yeah. Yeah, so I did li really? commentary for the live stream. So, I mean, that, these aren't even American names we're working with. So there was French, oh, German, yeah, so I, <laughs> Hungarian. So I had to learn real quick, like, the right pronunciations of names. I mean, the one, one chick from, uh, from like, like French African, say, I I know I messed her name up a couple times, but got the hang of it. But yeah. it's yeah, these there's <laughs> like a click in their name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, hers wasn't too bad. Nice of our, but no, it, that that was the most awesome part. I could be able to get through that, but like yeah, I don't want to butcher these guys' name. I'm like the, the no. first and only American ever do commentary on on, on this particular okay, competition. No yes. Yeah. <laughs> So I'd, I'd like to be invited back and actually have some skill sets and just be in the... You know, that is cool. That is cool. How deep are you guys rolling to American Open Series 2? Um, we're going to have about six, seven lifters, myself included. Nice. Yeah. So it should be a good time. We've already planned for that, prepared for that. Um, what else? Everyone should be going. The, the about six or seven. That's awesome. Everyone's committed to doing it. We have to. Yeah, we've got an Airbnb. We're set. Nice. So, yeah, we're going to go there. Just try to lift big weights. It's so awesome that there's a national competition that's so close to us. I know. Where is it? Uh, it's in just Philly. Just outside of Philly. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that's that's not too far away. Last time it was close up here was, uh, I think, 2014. It was down in the American Open was down in D.C. Yeah. So that was that was the closest. But usually they're they're all over. Mm-hmm. On the other. I went parts to the, of the American country. Open series last year, I, and I competed in Grand Rapids. And it, mm -hmm. the American Open series, I think, is the coolest thing that the USAW has done in the yeah. past however many years, um, just because it gives 
lower level athletes the chance to compete at a national level yeah and to know what to it's get the like. experience exactly. of that yeah especially if you're just on the cusp of you know you're almost there mm-hmm. um so that way you, when you go to your first american open you know what how it works and all that um yeah it's not because i mean the first time you get out there and it's an awesome last chance qualifier too yeah because they take the top three totals mm-hmm. that haven't already qualified yeah uh-huh. and you qualify for the american open finals yeah I've, i gotta look up what the the final total is i forget what that is for me but I, I mean, I should. I don't think I'm too far off of it. For 85, yeah, 80. or 70, 70 or 81 of the two. I think it's like 280 or 285, right? No. Some like right around there, maybe 275, 280, something like that. I can't remember exactly offhand. Yeah. So if I could do 295 that, 295 is 105, 290 is 94. Okay, and then it's yeah. So yeah, right, right around there. I just gotta lift big weights. I gotta stop being weak. <laughs> <laughs> where's uh where can people find new york weightlifting academy well new york weightlifting it's located in westchester county thornwood mm-hmm. new york but you can find us also uh website nyweightliftingacademy.com also instagram same thing and uh, facebook as well so give us a follow nice i love it yeah love it Dang, awesome. that was really good man dude i appreciate you guys having me up this is great i mean yeah, yeah make man, this, this a weekly thing huh? <laughs> we have so i could sit here and talk for hours i know it's yeah. <laughs> awesome just do it on a saturday night with a few beers Oh my god! We've we've talked We're talking about, about doing a trunk episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be no. <laughs> you. You let me know. That, would, right. <laughs> that would be deleted Yo. so quick. I you feel. think so? No, we could oh. edit. Just edit we little edit bits it. of that. We'll we could edit. That'd, that'd be, true. Yeah, there'd be so, so many blank spaces. <laughs> Tim Ferriss has. Oh, uh, I'll end with this, but Tim yeah. Tim Ferriss gave me not me personally, but mm-hmm. I took one of the biggest nuggets from him when a, when doing a podcast. Yeah, nugs. Be as raw as you can. Yeah. Be, especially yeah. with your guests, like ask them stuff that makes them uncomfortable. Because Absolutely. You can always just take it <laughs> what out. What colors your underwear? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, I think so I can show you if you want to see. Ooh, Ooh we got blue, blue and purple, dude. Maroonish. Like I recommend. Those are like compression shorts. Kind of. They're Adidas. These things are awesome. Yeah. Highly yeah. recommend them. I, I'm all about the Lulu. What fruit of the loom? Lu- no, Lululemon. <laughs> fruit of the loom. Those, those are cheetah print, Kevin. Leopard saw an underwear bikini style. Well, yeah, yeah, I right. think that's part of the reason why we've been uh, successful. I think is because we're we just sit around and talk. You just gotta talk yeah. real. You know, yeah, no one wants to hear everything scripted or said. You just nah. like, just let it go. You know, Daniel tests this. We don't really have a plan before we start. Like, we don't I, have any yeah. questions. Like, like I, mm-hmm. I think of them the night before. Yeah, you get, you know that's like you get an idea of what it. you want to know, and then you just let it go from there. Then yeah. The yeah. conversation dictates it itself. Just takes off. You just got. Yeah, I mean, you got to have a good guest instead of someone like. Uh, um, yeah, I do that. We had that one time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so anyway. Luckily, luckily, he was in a group of people. Yeah. Oh, God, that watch that out yeah. quick. Yeah, he brought notes. He was like real nervous. No, funny. Funny. Notes I don't know. <laughs> I remember that one. I remember that one. Yeah, can you imagine someone like that going, like going out with someone like that? It's not like yeah. ten, like million people are listening. You know? no, but no. that person, when you hang out with him, he's like he's cool. completely different. I got wasted with him over the weekend. Yeah, yeah that's like when I, when I did the commentary. So I was like, literally 8 o'clock at night, and I was like, it started like I'd love to do commentary that'd be so cool and the girl I did it with she's like all right, I'll f- let me find out for you. An hour later, I get a text. Yeah, you're in. Let's do this. So the next day, she's got notes. She's like, we interviewed some like lifters and everything. Or she she mainly did. She did all the work. I give her all the credit. <laughs> but she was just like nervous. Yeah. It's like so like oh like really real yeah. wound yeah. up and like one other um, the promoter's girlfriend was saying how she that like was like freaking out and everything. And I'm just like this is great. Yeah. <laughs> so then we get on there. I'm just like going and going and going and going. And then she's like trying to pull notes up. It's like come on, let's, let's just run. Just He's fine. got a tough clean pull coming up. He has. <laughs> Been that's, this that's, lately. that's weights, and it's, he just cleaned it. Let's see if he yeah, can jerk it out. 
Two white lights, good lift. It, it, it was great. You <laughs> made that one, Cotton. <laughs> <laughs> this lift brought to you by Schnitzel. <laughs> I did make a stupid joke on it. The one one of the lifters, he was a he just he got his doctorate. He's like a doctor. So then he made this. I didn't realize. So he made a really nice lift. I was like, oh, he made that with surgical precision, Doctor Notch. Uh, and then, but then really, yeah. But then after, it's like, oh, he's a doctor of law. I was like, oh, all right. So then I had to switch it up later on. Like he's laying the law down. <laughs> but it's just stupid stuff. But man, it said so much fun doing. I'm like, oh man, what can I not say? That's People great. love corny jokes. Yeah, it's total dad like, especially joke. if dad jokes witty. are making yeah. comebacks. They, they really are. I'm on the forefront of that. I, I firmly believe in them. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, the key is to making it work. You have to laugh like an idiot. Yes, <laughs> and you have to really find it funny. When it's when it's funny, and you're like, oh my god, that was great, and you're just like going nuts, and everyone like they laugh more at you being so stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a joke, but the joke's awesome. You have, no. any, you have any jokes to end us with? Oh, man, I don't yeah, Oh, yeah, okay. This is a good one I heard the other. What did the elephant say to the naked man? What? How do you breathe with that thing? You <laughs> 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 can't beat that. That's a great way. I got, one, I got one. I got one. I got one. <laughs> what we got? Guy walks into a bar, sits at the bar, and all of a sudden, the peanuts start talking to him. He's like, hey, guy, nice tie. And the, the guy at the bar, like, you know, shrugs his shoulders, like, yeah. what's, what's, what's up with this guy? And the peanuts go, hey, guy, I like your suit. And the, the guy at the bar goes, hey, bartender, what's up with the peanuts? He goes, they're complimentary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't sure where that, that one was going. That's awesome. <laughs> that's so good. It, <laughs> that's not a bad one either. No, that's no, great. That was good. I was like, where the fuck's this going? I was like, oh, that's funny. I like it. What the fish say when it swam into the wall? What? what? Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's like a popsicle yeah. stick joke. Yeah, like back as kids. It's like, oh, what? Are, I need to know what the fish says. Let me lick this off. <laughs> oh yeah, remember this? Like, yeah. I want to know. You deep throat, deep throat, a popsicle, just trying to get that thing out. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, like, oh. Danny Casey, everybody. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks everybody. Really appreciate good it. <laughs>